Hello. Hey, can you see me now? Yes. All right. What's going on? I'm just another wonderful day in paradise, as they say. All right. Well, welcome to the program. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. All right. Well, listen, what uh, we're going to be talking about UFOs tonight and the um, um, desk reference book. How, how many facts does it take to fill a reference book? Uh, 430 pages worth. <laughs> wow. Okay. But we, we had, we had 167,632 UFO reports from 2001 through 2020. How many? 167,632 UFO sighting reports. Uh, now, do you go by uh, Cheryl or Ms. Costa? Cheryl Costa is fine. Okay. Uh, so how do you collect so many facts? Well, I utilized uh, the databases of the Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON. I also utilized the data collected by the National UFO Reporting Center and uh, uh, pulled from their archives. And basically, uh, the National UFO Reporting Center, or NUFORC, uh, they were about 59%, uh, and the um, MUFON records were about 42% of the data. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, now, I did pull up... Uh... Uh, looking at the, I think it was from Amazon, they let you read some of your book. And yes. I, I did pull up the stats here, and I see that, uh, is it okay to show stats? Sure. All right, Cheryl, hang on for a second here. I got the one that I want to uh, bring up here is, uh, uh, let me get this going here. Uh-oh, I got the spinning wheel here. Uh-oh, I got a lock up. Hang on. Uh-oh. Hmm. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Wow, we had a lockup there. I have no idea what caused that. All right, let me get back to it because I've got a graphic here that I want to bring up, and this has to do with uh, Indiana. So let me get out of the way, and I'll take you out of the picture. Okay. And um, things quit popping up on me. Here we go. All right, so Indiana is ranked 15 of 51, and uh, so I guess that's good. I guess we don't got that many. You're in the top 20. We're, well, hey, you know, hey, do, 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 Cheryl, do, do we get an award for that? You know, I'm just saying, I mean, it seems like I'll get something. Of course, I, you know, I think number one would be better. And uh, let's go ahead and pull that graphic because I think we have uh, the, number, the number one graphic, which would be California. Yeah, well, they are a big state. They have a lot going on for them. Um, um, what's interesting, you're, are you assuming, the, are you in Indiana? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's really special of Indiana, if you can bring that one back. Oh, yeah, sure. Bring it back. Uh, notice that 2008 was through the roof. Let me see here. Yeah, what? Yeah, I see that. So what? What's, what do we got that going on? A, that's a that 2008 was a banner year for you guys. Uh, on a, on a year where the rest of the country would have been, if you were looking at this chart and saying this is like the United States, um, 2008 should have been you know, uh, about halfway in between 2007 and 2009. But Indiana had a banner year that day, uh, that year. Um, they had what I'm going to call a couple of very oddball day events. Uh, one of them, oh, let me, let me explain something to the audience first. Yeah, go ahead. Notice I've got the averages up across the top there. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Indiana averages maybe almost 200 a year, uh, maybe 16 a month. Three, three, maybe four a week, that type of thing. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
one particular day, April 16th, 2008, I, I noticed this because of a particular type of forensics work that I do with the data, uh, that on April 16th, 2008, there were 60 UFO sightings nationally. Now, normally the national average is about 23 per day, but that particular day, there were 60 per day for oh. that day. And when I did a, a deeper search, I found out that 25 of those, the rest of them were like onesie twosies spread across a whole bunch of different states. Mm -hmm. okay. Indiana had 25, and when I dug down deeper, they were concentrated down to two counties and the municipalities within those two counties. So there was a, like a, a really interesting one-day flap where Indiana, instead of having three a week and a half, a, half a sighting a day, had 25 in one day, which is mm -hmm. a huge deal. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing I noticed there, Cheryl, is that um, the it, it, as I went through some of the, the stats, isn't almost every, the highest stats is for the the uh, capital city of that state. For instance, I noticed when you talk about counties, Marion County in Indiana, list number one, which is the seat of government here. Right. Well, okay. Okay. There, there are, here's the deal. A lot of people knee jerk on that and say, oh, population's the big deal. Okay. That's the big driver. Uh, we found out in our research that there are five drivers and there are five influencers that that in the, that massage what kind of sightings will be uh, will be logged. Um, population is one driver. Uh, the other major drivers are temperate weather. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, temperate weather. Uh, uh, Indiana, you're sort of in the what I'm going to call the temperate weather zone. Yeah, it is. Uh, the um, le leisure time is another big deal. People have got to be outside to see the stuff. All right. Okay. Uh, hours of darkness is a predominant factor, like 67 to 75% happen in hours of darkness. And then uh, the other major driver is uh, observer access to broadband. Okay. Um, rural areas typically don't have as many sighting reports. That doesn't mean they don't have sightings. They just don't have as many sighting reports because people don't have easy access to the Internet to be able to report them. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, there are a lot of reports, and it, as you've collected these numbers, did, does it seem to fluctuate from year to year, or are we seeing an increase? All right. Well, okay. Uh, let's go back a little bit. When we published our 2017 book, um, uh, we did 2001 through 2015, and uh, a lot of people came to us and said, hey, why didn't you go back 40 years? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so with this book, one of the things I did, because I knew the numbers would be dismal. Okay. And there's a lot of people that seem to think that the era between like 1960 and 2000 is like this golden era of UFOs. And actually they weren't. The average sightings per year, 2016, 2000, I'm sorry, 1960 to 2000 were somewhere between 100 and, uh, and 600 sightings for the year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, when we get to 2001, suddenly we're up like uh, 35, 40, uh, 4,000 sightings for the year. So that was when broadband, uh, in the late 90s, early 2000 timeframe, broadband was becoming proliferated in major cities and their suburbs. And so the ease of being able to get off dial up and get onto the broadband of uh, the, the internet was a big deal. Mm. Well, yeah, okay, so there, there is that. Uh, now, when people talk about 40 years, I think they're probably referencing uh, 47, uh, you know, out there to 
uh, Roswell. Well, that's 70 years, so. Close enough on that one. But, I mean, that seems to be uh, uh, a point in time where, I mean, certainly a lot, a lot of books are written because of that. But uh, a lot of people's knowledge basically starts there at the Roswell incident. Uh, but lately here, Cheryl, there's been uh, what seems to be more sort of trickling, trickling out of revelations by the military. Oh, yeah. uh, is this going hand in hand with the sightings? Uh, well, it's going hand in hand with the military sightings for the last 20 years. Um, of course, that report they did a week or so ago said they had like 140 of them. And uh, the problem is, is I, something's changed. Okay, up until now, you know, especially since 1968 when they tried to shut all this stuff off mm -hmm. uh, with the Condon report, they um, there was this whole flavor of just dismiss them. The, uh, it's it's smoke, it's mirrors, it's it's fictitious, it's delusional people, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And over the past couple of years, that that mood has changed, they're not, and they're not using the same excuses now, which is a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, the that little preliminary report that was released, it used the word threat. It used the issue of national security several times. But in 1968, Dr. Conan said, all these things are not a threat to national security and there's nothing to be learned by studying them. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is that we've lost 50 years here to study them mm -hmm. and have academics study them and things like that. <clears throat> now, I know you, is it mainly, when you talk about the, the reference, um, desk reference book are you mainly talking about just ufo sightings or is there anything in there about abductions or encounters no. of third or fourth kind no no actually not um neither big database the experiencers the people who get touched um they don't report or they don't report those events to these public public sites as a rule um, there are other places they sort of report them, but there's not like a, to my knowledge, there's not a national database for experiencers. And I wish there was because, why don't, why, well, why I, don't you well, share, why don't you start one? Well, I don't do that. I, I'm just an analyst. And, uh, so, it, and I'm an old lady and well, I'm, that, I'm just that kind of thing would take a lot of work. Well, old ladies can still get work done. Uh, we've got, uh, uh, we got a ladies watch this program every week. So, you know, man, don't, don't throw your life away just yet. It ain't over <laughs> till it's over. No, you know, a lot of people say to me, ask me if I'm going to do a five year update, you know, I'll be 75 years old. If I do the 70, the five years, five year update for what we just did. Um, we've got a 20 year sample, even by science, major scientific standards, a 20 year sample of data is a big deal. And we're still gleaning material out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just printed out a chart today, and I quite literally couldn't do it three or four days ago, but I managed to do it today. Uh, I plotted out a chart of every zip code in the United States where a UFO had been a sighting had been reported. You know, and, and plotted it out the other day uh, about a week ago by counties, every county. Uh, the United States. A lot of people say, well, there can't be that many UFO sightings, you know, because they haven't been hearing about them because the press stopped talking about them in 1968. This mm -hmm. was always supposed to be. Uh, there's nothing here. There's, uh, uh, how was it put back then? Nothing to see here kind of thing and nothing to be learned by seeing them or reporting mm -hmm. them or studying them. Mm -hmm. So newspapers stopped reporting them in, in, after 1968 for the most part. Mm -hmm. And so the bottom line on this whole deal is now they're starting to do it because they're starting to t pay attention 
that something's going on because the, the Navy's releasing footage saying these things are happening to us and we can't explain them and they're beyond our science. Mm-hmm. And that's what's got everybody's attention right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, for the folks viewing of the program, they've been sending in questions. So let's uh, get a couple for you there, uh, Cheryl. Uh, sure. Baby Wolf from the UK says, have you ever seen a UFO yourself or been abducted? Okay. Uh, uh, the, one part I can talk to, the other part's a deeply personal question, and I refuse to answer it. Uh, the, uh, okay, uh, have I seen UFOs? I've seen a lot of them, and uh, s- uh, some of them I've reported over the years, and some of them I did not. Uh, my first one was uh, when I was about 12 years old. It was a sphere UFO. My mother pointed it out to me, and we talked about it. We had a, we had a, a, a mother-child kind of conversation about it. Um, over the years, I've seen a variety of different things. I think the the thing I started writing a newspaper column back in 2013 about UFOs. I wrote mm-hmm. it for seven years for a, a Syracuse, New York newspaper, and uh, it was a weekly column, and it was very sane. We did it with a tone of reporting UFOs, much like uh, people report a car accident or a fire down the street. But the thing was, what pushed me over the edge was a sighting I had in 2000, <clears throat> June of 2012. I was working for a different newspaper in town and I had just come home at three o'clock and about three 30 in the morning. And every night when I parked the car, I used to stand in the driveway and look at the big dipper. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. And suddenly that, that particular night I was sitting there looking at the sky and I started hearing this humming sound, you know, kind of kind of thing. And, um, I started seeing this, the, the, the stars were starting to get blotted out. Okay. Oh, and mm-hmm. the Classic. triangle, craft that passed overhead gently and i'm going to say gently it seemed like it was only moving about 40 miles an hour uh it was at least a football field long uh two maybe three stories deep it was huge Mm -hmm. and it just was gently moving uh, flying over tilting off going towards the northwest and that rattled me because everything else I'd seen before had been at a distance type of thing. And I saw something strange with its activity or something. This was up close and personal. And after that, I started getting very interested in trying to um, get a, get an editor someplace to let me write a newspaper column about the topic mm-hmm. because I was well, well read on it. Well, 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 hold on now. You said that was, that was personal, but earlier you said the abduction part is personal. So it's unlike we've got separation of, Personals. Well, okay, okay, okay. Now, if a person says they're an experiencer, okay, um, there's part, parts that get that I'm going to say very personal. Okay, mm-hmm. you talk to experiencers, okay, mm-hmm. uh, and and they're very reticent to tell uh, to tell their experience because a lot of people sit there and and laugh at you and say, oh yeah, you know, you're lying through your teeth. Um, I can't prove it to you. I, everything I could tell you about my experience with them, I can't prove to you. So I tend to keep it to myself. Mm, okay. All right. We have this question for uh, for you, Cheryl. Uh, Smoke C out of the live chat. Uh, says, Cheryl, are UFOs potentially the government hiding their own aircraft and using UFOs as a cover? Um, okay. I, I served in two military services. I served in the Air Force. I served in the Navy. I worked in a defense contractor, Lockheed Martin, for 32 years, okay? My feeling is, based on the performance things that we're seeing with the UFOs currently, I do not believe that we have made that next generation leap in technology, and it's not government stuff. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, I do not believe it's our stuff, especially when the, uh, I, the, the guy who used to run the ATIP program at the Pentagon, uh, Lou Alessandro, I interviewed him three times as a reporter. And we talked about the performance of some of this stuff. And it's way beyond anything. The physics is way beyond anything our, our culture understands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of personal questions, I don't know if this crosses any line, but uh, a viewer is saying, uh, how long have you been a Buddhist nun? Are you a Buddhist nun? Uh, these days, I'm, I'm, I'm actually considered a Buddhist yogi. Oh, a yogi. <laughs> I'm, I'm a yogi. Uh, I, I lived uh, not seven yogi, years not in yogi, Buddhist I lived seven years in a Buddhist monastery, and um, it, it was at a very, very special point in my life in my in my late forties, early fifties, and uh, it was what was needed at the time. What 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 do, you know? We're all about wisdom here, breaking some wisdom news here. What, what give us some tidbits of uh, Buddhist nunnery wisdom there, Cheryl? Okay, let me give it to you in the context of this whole ET thing. Okay, we we are connected to every living thing, everywhere, every when. Okay. Every place, everywhere, everywhere, across all time, across all space, we are all part of one consciousness. And one of the messages that seemed to come back from the uh, the other uh, experiencers, if you talk to them, and I've had the opportunity to talk to about over 100 of them, and uh, the other experiencers, uh, the flavor is that, um, one, E.T. says, take care of your planet. Point one. Okay. Point two, Always they're do. saying um, it's all about oneness. We are connected. We are all part of the same mm-hmm. essence, uh, spiritual essence, the divine essence. Of, yeah, well, John, John, John Lennon tried to say that, and they shot him for it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'd be careful on that one there. But yeah, and, 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 I, and I do like how you added and when. You know, at the kind of the, at the end there, I, I, I got that. That was, that was pretty cool there. Because you're talking about the possibility of time travel, really, what you're talking about. But that's Buddhist nunnery wisdom right there for you. Any more tidbits you learned from for us? Um, okay, this is, this. Oh, wait, 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 wait. How many lives have you had? How many lives have yeah. I had? Don't, don't Buddhists believe in multiple lives, reincarnation? Yes. Um, I always believed in reincarnation. Uh, I was visiting a temple one day mm-hmm. with a friend, mm-hmm. and a there was a visiting Buddhist Lama came to town, mm-hmm. and he was walking through the crowd, and he walked up to me and shook hands with me, would not let go of my hand, got up in my face and said, I know you. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal with the Tibetan wow. Buddhists. Wow. And the gal who was with me, he says, I know you too. And he looks back at his entourage of monks that were with him and said, these two always hang out together, lifetime after lifetime. It's nice to mm-hmm. see you again. And... Um, that began a very interesting friendship between me and that Lama that goes on to this day. And that was over 20 years ago. Mm. So in, in the context of, of uh, Buddhism, then who were you before you were Cheryl Costa? I am who I am. You... I am, I, I am the living immortal being behind this flesh of eyes. Okay. So you never were anybody previous to that. So that, 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 that... Oh, no, 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 no. I've been many, many people. Well, who, who, are you, who are you last? I've been millions of people over, okay. over the lifetime. Well, I'm glad you know that. Me but who were you, who were you last only, time? I'm only kind of in touch with maybe a tiny percentage, a smattering, maybe 12 or 15. Do I have an inkling of? But, okay, go uh, ahead. Who are they? It, but, it, but it's nothing I can describe. It's not like I got an alternate history here. I don't. Okay, so I'll, you, I'll give you, you know one example, you... though. I'll okay. give you one example. Okay. Um, when I was given permission to wear robes, 
the monk at the particular temple I was uh, I was at didn't like me. And even though the the local lama had given permission for me to adopt robes, uh, wait, 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 he wouldn't. When you say lama, I, I I'm sorry, uh, Cheryl. When you say lama, yeah. I think I think of the the lama walk, no, running no, high, around. High yogi, high teacher. The okay. high yogi. Okay, got it. Okay, so when uh, he wouldn't give me, he wouldn't issue me a set of robes. Okay, he didn't like me. So you had to walk okay? around naked. So I went home and made a set. Okay. And everybody good. told me I made them wrong. That's good problem solving. Okay. Um, you know, I knew how to, I, I, I know how to sew. So I made a set and everybody told me I made them wrong. And uh, next time the, the, the yogi teacher who picked me out of the crowd came to town, he looked at him and he said, ah, okay. Old world cut. How'd you know how to do that? Okay. So some kind of previous memory was there that aided me in doing what I did. Okay. So really you can't definitively say who you were before you were Cheryl Costa, but you're saying that you were a lot of people, but you we just, all have been, we all have been, Okay. we all have been. Okay. And then you're going to be a lot of different people like in the future. So you're going to live yep. forever type of thing. Now we are, are, are you, cause I'm always interested in, in Buddhism in many ways cause it's, it's just so unique of a philosophy. So you, they come back and, and they rotate in and out. Well, okay. The, the idea is not to keep reincarnating. The the idea is is that reincarnating actually this is kind of a prison, you know. This is this is a, a trap, you know, to keep us keep us uh, keep us entertained, you know. And it, it is better to become enlightened and see it for the uh, baloney that it is. Mm-hmm. This reality is crap. Mm. And uh, once you really get to a certain level, you see through it all. That's what Buddha did. He awakened to it. Mm-hmm. And other people over the centuries since Buddha have awakened to it and uh, have ascended and and don't reincarnate anymore. Now, see, I, I've probably been a, been a Westerner. Um, I probably have a skewed view of the, of the Buddha. But every time I see him, I, I, I mean, if I got the right guy, he, he looks like a like a Harley driver has been drinking his whole life because he's got that big old belly. Is uh, that, no, is no, that... no, that's that's Mitriana Buddha. That's a, that that's a particular Buddha from uh, oh, long since the original Buddha uh, of Gautama Buddha. Um, there, there have been many Buddhas over the years, but uh, Mitriana Buddha is the fat little guy, you know, with the big tell- tummy. Um, the um, the original Buddha was a prince. Um, who renounced his princehood and went out and became enlightened? Wow. Well, I mean, uh, you know, what does it what does it take to get enlightened? A lot of work. A lot of people think you just sit down and meditate one day, and you don't. Uh, now, I mean, I I did it in a monastery for seven years, <laughs> and uh, let's say since since ninety six, and uh, while well, I meditate every day, even now as a as a layperson again, mm. of it, it's. It, it's not something you pick up overnight. It's a skill that's acquired. You have to be patient with it and you have to give yourself time to do it. And hopefully, you know, over one of these lifetimes, I'll get it right. And I, and I won't reincarnate. No, no, no offense, but there was actually a, a song years ago called, I think it was called Oh, Oh Buddha. It was by the Imperials and, and it goes, I had just pulled up the lyrics to go, well, it goes, Oh Buddha was a man. And I'm sure he meant well, but I pray for his disciples, lest they wind up in hell. Now, that was actually a song from the 80s. Talk about the Buddha, man. So 
I don't know. He, he probably don't even know he got a song written about him. All right, let's get to another question for you uh, there, sure. Cheryl. Smoke C says, have aliens, because I guess we're talking about religions, I guess. Uh, but I know you're not talking about religions. We're probably talking about spirituality. Uh, Smoke C says, do aliens have religions like humans do? I have no idea, but uh, judging from the... Judging from what the other experiencers have told me, um, well, th wait a minute, there's some proof on this. Um, a couple of years ago, a book was published called Beyond UFOs, and it was published by the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation. Yeah, and we they had, had show. They had sampled uh, like 4,500 uh, experiencers through a set of questionnaires over about four years. And one of the most common things that came across was people who were, uh, some people were hellfire and brimstone Bible thumpers, they got abducted. They came back. They're spiritual. Wow. People who were agnostic, didn't believe in anything, got abducted. We got a euphemism to got to insert right here. So the religious people, they didn't hit the alien in the head with the Bible because that's a, in that a euphemism. They get hit in the head with the Bible. So they didn't hit that big, nasty-ass alien, bug-eyed reptilian. I mean, I'm be a try. I would have done it, okay? But maybe they didn't. Um, there's more involved there. Uh, it, I think the reality the reality of things gets explained to the people who are experiencers, okay? And and considering the grandness of the event of being touched by the ETs, I I, I think it makes them a little bit more pliable to the idea of what well, the spirituality reality well, well, Cheryl, is versus I, I, our dogma reality. Sure, honestly, I, I don't, honestly I, I don't want them touching me. So they're they're going to be a fight that dude touch cowboy. All right, let's get some, we got more questions coming in, man. And people really like the show. Anything, go ahead. Okay, good, glad. Um, uh, this is from Azure. Uh, unrelated maybe related uh uh says uh, cheryl what's your opinion on federalizing marijuana laws um okay personally i i've never been a pre, pre, a, part, uh, a um i've never been a fan of the product itself but uh the bottom line is i think it's it's long overdue that it should be um decriminalized and it should be a, the federal government needs to get out of it the reason they got into it in the first place was ridiculous they mm -hmm. just wanted to pay the um the, the guys who broke up um the rum runners you know those kind of guys they had to keep them employed mm -hmm. and that was about all it was and i know this for a fact because i come from a family of uh, bootleggers so you know wow wow we have an occasional lockup. I don't know if our feeds, what's happening there. But uh, speaking am of that, am I breaking up? Am I breaking up to you? No, it's it's a little granny, but it seems like it's, it's just maybe a little slower connection. It's all right. We're we're going okay. good. Hey, so I mean, speaking of that, there's a Olympic athlete that just got banned because they tested cannabis in her system. Now I don't know. Cannabis isn't known as a, a performance enhancement drug. It's more make more like making you stupid because everybody I know smokes it kind of. Got that look, you know, and uh, so I don't. They should, somebody banned her. I mean, I think Americans probably don't think that she she should got banned. But hey, we got time. We got in, we got another insert here. Verse. This is verse two of old Buddha. It says, and I'm sure that old Muhammad thought he knew the way, but it won't be here, Krishna. We stand before in the judgment day. That was verse two of old Buddha. All right, let's get to another um, question. This is from Australia. So Cheryl. How can the shadow government give us full disclosure when they can't admit the breakaway civilization territories created by Hitler and the Nazis? What's going on in Antarctica and Argentina? 
while I'm read on the topic matter, I'm not an expert on it, and I really can't, there's not much to say. Uh, if the if the shadow government uh, knows about this breakaway civilization, well, okay, they know about it. Uh, I can't prove or disprove it. That's not an area of my study. Hmm. And uh, you said how many pages you say were in that book? Uh, Four hundred and thirty. Wow. I mean, that is a lot of stats. Now, surely, do you have any, have you drawn any major conclusions from these studies? Well, the thing we set out to do, especially the first book we did in 2017, we set out to do essentially a, 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 a census of UFO sightings because everybody up until then was always doing what we call field investigations. They study one crash or one, one incident to death. And we looked at it from a different perspective. We, instead of studying one single ant on the ground, we decided to study the ant hill and uh, look at the bigger data and try to measure the phenomena of, uh, of sit, sitting there trying to figure out how fast they go or where they came from. We wanted to see, measure the things we know we can measure uh, based on the sighting data that was available. And we've extrapolated a lot of information. Hmm. All right, let's get to another question for uh, uh, Cheryl Costa. Uh, it says, have you ever channeled any aliens and can, or can you speak to it? Yeah, I can. Um, I can talk to it. Uh, okay, me personally, because I, 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 my family, uh, my family uh, runs, how do I want to say this? Uh, we have a clairvoyant string down my family and um yeah, I got it. So, uh, yeah, did I channel uh, aliens? Uh, yeah, back around 1994, there were some uh, set, very controlled sessions that I did under laboratory conditions with some uh, um, PhDs down in the Washington, D.C. area, not government types. And um, they recorded them, and uh, I would have had to have 12 PhDs to answer the questions mm -hmm. that the channel, uh, that the channeled entity did. Mm. Um, I don't... I barely remember it and i don't have access to the, the videotapes hmm. all right last verse of old, old buddha and you're probably saying thank god <laughs> says well i don't hate anybody so please don't take me wrong but there really is a message in this simple song you see there's only one way jesus if eternal life is your goal and meditation of the mind it won't save your soul and that is the last verse of old buddha now time for another question this is from our moderator jade says cheryl overall are there more aerial or underwater alien craft sightings? Okay, uh, I'm going to say there's more aerial because we don't, people don't generally report USO, um, the underwater ones. They don't generally report them to the database. I think of all the ones that I, all the reports I looked at, I don't think I saw more than two where somebody said I saw it fly into the water. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's of the 167,000 that I've got. I don't think I saw more than two or three tops. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, uh, Viveka from the live chat says, uh, have you ever had any children? Do they believe like you believe about UFOs? Do you teach your uh, children about UFOs? I, uh, I, I was born sterile, so I, I don't have any children. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, all right, let's get to this question here. It says, is your abduction well i guess it's, they're kind of going back to earlier questions it says have you been abducted but it says can you describe your personal experience in the during the abduction okay uh, five years old 
little bulbous head is guys with big almond eyes, about the, as big as me. Oh. Okay. Uh, dragging me into a space. Okay. Uh, a portal, a door, something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, had this happen several times. Uh, and uh, my mother found me out of my pajamas several different times in the morning. I can't explain more than that to you. And I've had many periods of lost time over the years, even into adulthood. But that's as far as I can take it. I have a screen memory on all of it. I don't really remember much more than my childhood memory. And I didn't even remember that until about five years ago uh, when I had been under hypnosis for something else. Mm-hmm. I am a combat veteran, so I, I, I was under com- uh, hypnosis <clears throat> to deal with a, a PTSD issue. As a woman in the military, do they actually treat women different than men? Oh, God, yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. I, th- um, I thought they were all, you know, all woke and everything, and they don't, they've got past nah, the nah, stereotypes. Well, okay, okay, okay. Understand, my, my experience was from the 1970 through um, uh, 1982 time frame, okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, it was very different then, and uh, uh, women in the military were a very rare thing then, yeah. and... Um, uh, that's all I can say. Yeah, they treat women very differently, and you had to be on your guard because somebody was always trying to excuse the expression, get in your pants. And, and so, so sailors always trying to get in your pants. They're sailors. What do you expect? <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I've never been one. Uh, I know. I know. No, I won't go with that one. Uh, but Don't uh, go there. Don't go there. No, I, I can go there. But uh, good news. I just read that the military, uh, their basic training they're going to switch from you have to run so many miles now you you have the option to walk so i'm thinking that might be a throw out to the the to the weaker sex i don't know physically weaker that is i don't i don't know what the reasoning is for that i really don't uh, okay. all i know is that uh, when i went to survival school they loaded us in a C-130 someplace took us out and dropped us out in West Texas someplace in the middle of the desert and said you can anything you can find or scrape off the bottom of a stone is yours okay well it's not a good sign when you wake up naked like you're saying as a child uh, but um, last week we had uh, we were talking about aliens and UFOs and uh, with people uh, the, the the her name was uh, Catherine her, her aunt and uncle was Betty and Barney Hill and so she got a lot of credibility there. Oh, Kathleen Martin, I know her. Yeah, and so she got a lot of credibility there. And YouTube put a, a disclaimer on that video about UFOs. And so I think what that's, I've done over a thousand shows. I don't know how many UFO uh, people have had on the program. And now it's like now it's been censored for some reason. So I clicked on it. It goes to Wikipedia. It, there was two two links to it. One goes to Wikipedia. The other goes to COVID. And I. I don't even know it was mentioned during the show. Maybe it was. But all of a sudden, you know, I'm surprised they didn't delete the video for that. But it goes to UFOs in Wikipedia, uh, uh, alien abductions. And it says that it's people that uh, have imaginations, been watching a lot of science fiction movies. <laughs> they want yeah, notoriety. I've, I've heard about this nanny, nanny censorship, um, uh, particularly in this topic matter. Somebody is making a judgment call and saying the people who have been touched by ET are delusional people. It's been a it's been a narrative now for for 70 years, particularly mm-hmm. in the last 50 years. Um, I, I, let me tell you a little story. Uh, I, I was going to back when I was still doing newspaper work. 
uh, I went to a particular convention um, out in Arizona, and they had a little meeting. Most everything started at the convention about 9 o'clock in the morning, went to about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. But on their program, there was a listing for experiencers from 7 to 8.30 in the morning. It was kind of like a, an a, a, a Alcoholics Anonymous meeting for experiencers, okay? Mm -hmm. And, of course, press wasn't welcome. And the second or third year I was there, I went to the psychologist who acted as a moderator, and I asked her, I said, look, I'll, I'll leave my credentials upstairs. I just want to come and learn. I won't out anybody. I won't report what I see other than just the generalness. And she said, okay, fine. So I went to go to this thing. And I had believed everything I'd seen uh, uh, at this point uh, up on the upper cable channels. Oh, I got probed, you know, they, you know, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I went in there expecting to meet 25 or 30 people crying in their coffee. They got probed. I get in there, it's about 150, 175 people, and it's got all the energy of a tent revival, okay? And the, the, the tone was much more positive than I ever dreamed. People were opening up and sharing their experiences, okay? And a couple of common things came out of it. It was, a, one, a spiritual experience, a deep spiritual experience. Two, the ET was coming back and telling them, take care of your planet. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Stop wrecking your planet. Mm -hmm. And that was a common message across the thing. But everybody I met at those things and the number of ones of them over the years that I interviewed, um, there's a very common experience. Um, it may be different with whoever takes them, but there's a very common experience that they all, they all had. They are not delusional by any means. And I <clears throat> think the nanny people at, at YouTube uh, are being are overstepping their boundaries. They yeah. really are. I mean, what, what topic are they going to censor? I mean, come on, really? Uh, um, I, doing, I was doing some intel on some other shows, and one show was talking about that aliens have been documented interfering with our nuclear capabilities and that the, the world oh, has... Oh, yeah. The world has... Now, I know about the ones, the, the kind of, they're sort of a classic one where it was going over military bases, shut the uh, nukes down. But, but what was being said was that multiple times since then the world has got close to a nuclear exchange and each time whatever country is that getting close he said i thought i thought they said that the nuclear warhead dissolved into chalk i mean it's kind of kind of interesting all right that, I, I can't talk to that report but the the stuff i i have read through um Robert Haster's material that he read. It was a smoking gun for me. If I ever had any doubts about the topic matter, his presentation in 2017 woke me up. The bottom line is they've been shutting down our missiles. They've been shutting down all kinds of stuff. And when I talked to Lou Alessandro, formerly of ATIP, mm -hmm. he told me that the reason they hang around the fleets, they don't hang around all of our bases in the United States. They hang around where the advanced nuclear technology is. They really, really have an issue about our nuclear technology. And I think, it, you know, when you think about it, we, we, while we had contact with these UFOs since biblical times, okay, Roman soldiers have written them in their logs, you know, things like this. Um, but we, did we really hear much about them until about 1947? In 1945, we explored, exploded three nukes. And I think the approach was, oh, my God, the primitive natives have a box of matches. <laughs> and I think that was their attitude. I really do. Mm. All right. We have this question from Max. It says, uh, Cheryl, do you believe the aliens will bring the Maitreya and the risen masters when they arrive? 
I'm not quite sure what he's talking about. All right, Max, if you have any more clarification on that, send that through the chat channel there. Um, all right, here's a question from Azure. It says, uh, Cheryl, were you raised in a rural setting? If so, do rural settings have more abduction or channeling experiences? You know, that's a funny thing. Um, I, was I was raised in a small town in upstate New York, but I did spend my summers on my, my grandparents' farm, okay? Uh, okay, as far as um, uh, are there more abductions in, in rural settings, um, what I've learned talking to 100 of these people, somebody said, well, maybe I should live in downtown Manhattan where there's lots of people. And from what I've learned talking to people, uh, if they've tagged you, and they seem to tag certain family lines. Um, as a reporter, I found I talked to two different families that it, they have been touched for over four generations, that type of thing. Um, but uh, if if they've tagged you, it doesn't matter if you are in the wilds of Wyoming or downtown Manhattan. They'll get you. They'll mm -hmm. touch you. And it doesn't mean there's a big ship is going to park out front and levitate you up like what happened to um, Linda Cortell in 1989. They literally lift, let, levitated her out of her 10th floor apartment in Manhattan uh, in full view of a security team for a senior member of the uh, 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 United Nations. Mm -hmm. uh, the deal is, is if they want you, they got you. And these days, it's not even about a ship showing up. It's about, they literally had the ability to open a portal in your bedroom. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it doesn't make it doesn't make a bit of a difference. Yeah. Well, ain't no alien going to tag the cosmic cowboy. I tell you that. Uh, here's a here's a question from Dale. Says, uh, what's your favorite ice cream? This is this is a hard hitting interview on this part right here. Oh well, the one I had, the one I had today. Um, I'm, I'm not supposed to have ice cream, but uh, the one I had today was a was a twist of vanilla and raspberry. Hmm. Now, Dale, you didn't think I'd ask that question, did you? <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Uh, this is a question I think it has to do with the military. It says, do you feel that women should have their basic standards lowered to join an infantry or specialized ground combat unit? No, I don't. I don't. But I think it should be moderated so to the point where uh, a person who is capable not make it so exceedingly beyond a person's uh, uh, physical ability. Okay, uh, we tend to think that the person on the ground has to be a a, a big mean uh, gorilla fighting machine kind mm -hmm. of thing. And um, different people bring different skills, and just a person with a, a slighter build uh, can bring different skills to the to the combat situation. Mm -hmm. I always picture a marine. I don't know if they're that way now, but like a big square jaw, you know, crop crop top. Hey, yeah, hey. but you know what's funny? I've met some women who who could uh, hold their own with some of those guys. You know? right. But remember, I, I was in the Air Force. I was in the Navy. It was a mm. different kind of situation mm -hmm. for me. Okay, so we, we have your cover in the background. I think you can see it. Uh, now, that is a obviously a hand-drawing rendering. Why did you go with that drawing right there on that cover of the book? Ah, okay, there, were, there was an aesthetic issue there. Um, when we were doing the first book, this actually, this is our sort of our trademark, actually. Um, we want, because we're doing statistical work, we're always working in the past, okay? And one of the classic pictures, uh, I sat down with a bunch of classic pictures, 
and I took him to an artist friend of mine. I said, I'm not looking for a nice slick piece of commercial art. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for something. Somebody took a Sharpie and sketched on a pizza box or sketched on a napkin or something like that mm -hmm. because they're being interviewed about their sighting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this is what, uh, Susan, uh, Schneider, uh, uh, rendered for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, she gave me a pencil version of it first, and we had like four different versions. And we wanted this sort of classic one. In fact, this one right here actually is very similar to the one that was described by the uh, 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 the, by Betty and Barney Hill mm -hmm. with the row of windows around it and that type well, of thing. Well, so well, we went with this classic, classic look. Well, yeah, well, success on that because you hit, you hit, you you made it look like it's, you know, like it was drawn on a napkin. And really, that's how most people draw when they ask you what it looked like, and they, you know they. Get a piece of paper and they they draw it. Um, I've had people literally draw them on in interviews, draw them on napkins, the side of pizza boxes, you name it. Uh, uh, it's always very informal. Okay, Geo says Cheryl, are aliens generally benevolent or malevolent or both? In your opinion, um, all the people I've talked to, they're very benevolent. Uh, they're very kind. Uh, in fact, uh, there's a. a two de medical doctors that I know in the UFO community that said that certain people, they've actually worked on them medically, um, but they made the procedures look like uh, it was our technique. Uh, I, I know somebody who had something, uh, he had what appeared to be arthroscopic surgery, and this doctor examined him and said, yeah, okay, where'd you get the arthroscopic surgery did? And he says, I didn't. But it, that's that's the kind of surgery that he had. And uh, there's been a number of people documented that have had uh, what I'm going to call out-of-this-world health care. And the joke with some of my experience for friends is, is if they're going to abduct us, why can't they give us free dental? You know, mm -hmm. but uh, that's pretty that's just a joke. Mm. <laughs> well, boom. That's a good joke. <laughs> yes, I just said that. Yes. Um, by the way, I see one of our viewers in the live chat, Granny from Florida, says, My deceased hubby was a sub sailor and retired in 67. No females were allowed into subs in those days, Cheryl. Yeah, and I wasn't always a girl. All right, let's get to another question for you. Uh, from Rose, Cheryl, have you seen, have, have you seen reptilians or great aliens? I believe I've seen both. I have not personally met a reptilian, but I've met people who have, and I've seen their journal books with sketches in them. Mm -hmm. What's really funny is if you go out on the internet and you Google uh, 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 reptilian aliens, and you always get these muscular, mean-looking guys that look like something out of a Klingon warship or something, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the people who have met them up close and personal, the drawings and sketches are very gentle beings, very enlightened, very smart, very spiritual, just humanoid, mm -hmm. a humanoid version of, 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 a, of, a, of a dragon or lizard. All righty then. Let's get to this question here. Um, can aliens and have aliens interbred with humans? If so, oh, I'll, I'll skip the second part. So have aliens in... <laughs> <laughs> It was a little political there. I don't, I don't know. Um, so have aliens interbred with humans? Uh, I have no way to confirm or deny that. I really don't. Um, the, the, the only thing is there's, there seems, if you watch ancient aliens, there seems to be evidence that we our DNA may have been, been manipulated in, uh, 
a long time ago, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, are they still doing biological experiments with, uh, with eggs they've captured and things like that? Maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, are, they, are there hybrids running around on our streets? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, this question here says, Cheryl, did the aliens assist you in becoming a woman? No. All right. Let's go to another question. Um, are the alien abductors coming in peace? They would say that. We come in peace. But I think it's kind of an Indian thing, isn't it? Uh, again, they... Here's the thing. People are always saying to me, and I'm going to take it this way. Um, are they going to invade us? Are they going to eat us? They could have done that a long time ago. Yeah, you would think so. Okay, and people say, well, what if they're going to have a war with us? And I said, yeah, and what do you expect? It's going to be Marines out there with laser rifles shooting at the aliens like somebody's movie show? Mm -hmm. No, baby. It's going to be over 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. If they've got the technology to get here and have been doing it like that since biblical times... Uh, then uh, they're way beyond anything we've got, and I don't think we would stand a chance. There was a battle over the city of Nuremberg in 1561, April 14, 1561, and um, apparently somebody is shepherding us, watching out for us, because somebody mm -hmm. wanted to invade us, and there was somebody up there protecting mm. us. And this has happened a number of times over the, over the years. Well, I've had people that really don't believe in God have prayed to the aliens to come down and help them one way or another or come and help them on their side. Anyway, there's a lot of uh, ancient artwork that clearly depict UFOs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the oldest known one we've got on the planet is 40,000 uh, 40, years old. It's in a... Um, it's uh, carved on a rock uh, in a, uh, uh, on an island in, in deep in China. And uh, it, it depicts, and I got this out of the Air Force Academy Physics 370 manual that was available back in the late 60s. Uh, they took it out of circulation, but it showed somebody that had a, kind of like what looked like breathing apparatus, you know, kind of like a, you know, ho a big hose type of thing. Uh, but that's what the, the depiction on this thing was and, and the description of uh, these beings in some ancient dialect. Um, you know, they've been they've been with us a long time. Yeah, I know we got, we have a flood of questions. I don't think the show has enough time for all of them. But it's great to see all the questions come in. Uh, here's a question, sort of on the religious end of it. We, we've kind of discussed it a little bit. It says, uh, Cheryl, have you ever called upon the power of Jesus? I was raised a good Catholic boy, and yes, I did back in those days. Absolutely. Okay. Have you since denied him? No, I never denied him. Okay. Uh, I was just, I was led, my spiritual growth was led in a different direction. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Um, I'm probably one of the most spiritual people you'll meet. Uh, a lot of people think, well, you left your Catholic roots. Well, I saw the Catholic Church for the crap that it was, mm -hmm. and I, I, I went elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I, I, I do understand that. No, I, and I agree. I am certainly not a papist. Okay. Um, you know, I appreciate the spiritual part because I, I, we always, this shows, that's part of this show really is a, is a spiritual part. I don't think a lot of shows like mine kind of leave that out. Uh, let's get to another question. It says, have you seen the giant Buddha on McGregor Boulevard in Fort Myers, Florida? Um, boy, I haven't been to Fort Myers, Florida since 1975. 
Uh, if it was there then, I missed it. Okay. During abduction experiences, is one who's been abducted, are their memories altered? I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Please? Sure. The question is, uh, says, during an abduction experience, is the person who's been abducted, do they have their memories altered? Yeah, it's the term the term they use in, in uh, abduction circles is called a screen memory. Okay, mm -hmm. and the screen memory. Um, uh, a lot of people have a memory of a bird. Okay, and what's mm -hmm. been determined is it seems that at least with the gray aliens, they have the ability to telepathically trigger one of our archetypes deep in our uh, subconscious, mm -hmm. and one of our archetypes is a bird. Wow. Okay, and so a lot of people yeah. have this memory of uh, I remember a bird. I remember a bird in my bedroom, mm -hmm. a big one. Okay, that type of thing, and uh, that's 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 a very common thing uh, among abductees that have the screen memory type of thing. Speaking of birds, man, I saw this gigantic uh, blue heron landing on my lake, and so I'm watching him. And if you ever seen these birds, they're like four and a half feet tall. Where'd you go? What, what what happened, Cheryl? The sun went down. Oh, okay. <laughs> it got dark. It got dark in here. Oh, I thought the aliens abducted you, man. I didn't know what was going on. No, 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 no. Normally, I have an overhead light going, but um, uh, right now I'm in the Thousand Islands and I'm looking across the St. Lawrence River at Canada, and mm -hmm. uh, the sun literally went down, and um, the the lighting that I had here in the in the um, grand room of this. Uh, cottage that i'm in um just it got dark nope. sorry well good good because I, I i like to have good lighting on the guests so we can see and sometimes we get some dark ones we've had people in their cars and and it's like at dusk and it gets darker and darker and then they turn the dome light on so we've had a lot i mean if we do a thousand interviews you're going to get all kinds of different things it's all part of the fun though really okay go ahead with the question <clears throat> all right let's get another question in um are the when an individual identifies themselves well, I don't know if you even want to answer this question. Let's just ask what you got. Short of my ATM pin, ask me anything. Okay. When an individual identifies themselves as the opposite gender, where or how does their okay? This is a good question. How does their soul inside themselves identify? That is a good question. Um, does the soul go to the gender of the transition? Or okay, I guess, is that let's a, look at it this way. Um, the letter that my surgeon wrote for me after I went through the five years of therapy, hormones, their uh, surgery, all this stuff, um, we have we completed a, a gender transformation surgery to match her body to that of her soul. Mm. Okay. The idea is is that the person doesn't just say one day, "Hey, I think I'll be a girl" or "I think I'll be a boy." Um, you know from your earliest consciousness, I knew four or five years old, I wasn't, something wasn't right, okay? And you hear this consistently from trans persons. Mm -hmm. So the time you started figuring it out was when you, wake, you were waking up naked? No, no. Is that a different time? Well, no, it's about the same time, but the thing is, is uh, that that's what makes this muddy and complicated. Uh, the tra the transgender journey was something that I I ran from for 35 years, and I I hit a concrete wall, and it was uh, that or blow my brains out. You know, I had to I had to be 
I had to be what I was and I couldn't worry about whether or not my family would disown me or whatever. And that all came to pass. My family disowned me and uh, that type of thing. And I just had to get past that. I could either be dead in the ground with the worms or I could be dead to them. And I chose to be dead to well, them. Well, you don't have to be transgender to get disowned. I got some, I got some people in my family disowned me. So <laughs> I mean, probably not to the depth of where oh, you're, it, it's, it's, it's the same effect, no matter whether they do it for your, your politics well, the, or whatever. Right. It's the same effect. Right. The, you the, just the, get the, isolated the, the, and, you, and you develop extended family. You know, right, right. I have tons of extended family and a lot of people who call me aunt Cheryl. Well, there you go. I got an extended family and they're all watching in the live chat right now. These, these guys in the live chat, man, they just, Hey, everybody in the live chat, say hello, Cheryl. Uh, they just love the show and they just back me up when it, it don't matter if I screw up, they're, they're still behind me. And it's great to have people <laughs> that cover for you like that. But, uh, so, okay. So you said you're a spiritual person. Then are you suggesting that God made a mistake with your gender? Oh no, God doesn't make mistakes. This was the journey that was intended for me. Mm -hmm. That's all I can tell you. Okay, and it, it, the journey has made me a deeper spiritual person. In fact, uh, when I finally came to grips with the whole ET thing, it has made me an even deeper spiritual person. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And I resolved some of this when I lived in the monastery. Uh, uh, me and some of the senior teachers had long private talks about this stuff, and. I was not the first person to come along and tell them the things that I had been mm -hmm. experienced to. Mm -hmm. So, well, here's no big deal. This is probably no shock to you, but but God loves you no matter what gender you claim. Yep. And he, I have, and, that, I and have, that's the I kind have, of love I have great respect and love for Jesus. Yeah, so, and and that's the kind of uh, unconditional love that we need to have for each other is one that He demonstrates towards us. I think I think the Bible says if if, if it weren't for the grace of God, we'd all be destroyed, Cheryl. So. You know, it's not no judgment coming here. You are on a if path. It, if it wasn't so. for that, for for the great the the great God consciousness, whatever you want to call it, if it wasn't for the great love and the strength that it gave me, I wouldn't have been able to get through um, uh, my military years. I wouldn't have been able to get through my corporate years. I wouldn't be able to get through this gender change. I wouldn't have been, have been able to get through being disowned. You know, if they, uh, it takes okay. a certain spiritual strength, and I draw on that spiritual strength. I am certainly not an atheist by any measure. So if the Holy Spirit said, Cheryl, and, and, and the way I understand him, he, he talks very gently to you, a still small it's, voice. It's, if, it's, if a, he, it's, a, it's a whisper. If that it, whisper, whisper comes to you. You have to, quiet, you have to go into meditation and quiet yourself to hear it. Right. And, 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 and it doesn't come as judgment and it doesn't come as hate. It comes as pure love. But what if that voice said, Cheryl, you made a mistake? Would you? If the voice, if the voice said it made, it made a state, mm -hmm. um, I would, I would probably change course. But the mm -hmm. thing is, the voice did not say that I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Not yet. But you never know. I mean, you may be permanent. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I don't know where you know where you are. I'm just saying there are different experiences for different people. And different people have different. Uh, when we were in Catholic school, one of the things they used to tell us: certain different people have different crosses to bear. Mm -hmm. Okay? okay, and different journey, spiritual journeys to be on, and this is my spiritual journey. I try to leave a very lead a very ethical life. I just don't currently practice what a lot of other people practice. Okay, all right, and uh, you know, in this world here, I'm I'm working to build bridges. All That's right, so let's so let's get on with another question. I don't know. I guess we're kind of going down this road a little bit, and you don't seem to mind. But it says, do do you feel that same sex marriages 
is blessed by the alien entities. Well, never gave it that. I never gave that a thought. I'm in a same-sex marriage. Um, when you consider the fact that uh, the people, the the, the off-worlders seem to be, I don't like using the term alien. Uh, the off-worlders tend to be uh, very, very spiritually oriented and see us all as one part. Of, we're all part of the great God consciousness, if you want to look at it that way. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're all sparks of God. Okay, um, God doesn't create any crap. Okay, uh, we're all sparks of the same great consciousness, just trying to find our way back to the source. And uh, uh, the aliens don't seem to care whether or not you're, uh, you're married to boys or married to girls. You know, it doesn't matter. They they want you to be one being wants to be happy with another compatible being, and that's mm -hmm. the way we look at it in this household. Yeah, I mean, some of course there are opposing views. One person wrote in there: "Pick up your cross means literally to die to yourself. That is what you want yourself, or we want as humans. We obviously want various things. I mean, you got the Ten Commandments: says, you know, thou shall not murder, thou shall not lust, thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife or the household. Those are kind of human traits. It, there does seem to be, and it seems that even to Buddhism calls for denial of one's impulses and." Uh, and and desires isn't isn't that true yes so but you're yes. but aren't you aren't you I, I, literally giving into those desires when I was a buddhist nun i had some very very strict vows i had to live by okay and as uh, as a yogi i have uh, a different set it's 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 different but it's a uh, i got enough vows to choke a horse so i have to really really live uh, a very straight and narrow uh, life mm -hmm. and my but, here's the one trick you know here was a trick my spouse um, I had been out of robes okay and uh, my my uh, my my yogi teacher had uh, given me permission to uh, leave monastic life I still carry those vows and when uh, when Linda and I met um, the problem was I had to kind of keep her away with a 10 foot pole because, um, she, I, I had to have permission to be married. I, I, as a, as a yogi, I could be married, but I had to have permission. And I went to, um, the Lama wanted to meet her. Well, it turns out she's a Zen Buddhist and she was actually probably better read and better qualified than I was. Mm -hmm. So the bottom line what was the rule for yogis was you had to have an equally qualified partner mm -hmm. and she was mm -hmm. um, and we have some fantastic buddhist uh, buddhism arguments in this yeah. household believe me well i was going to say if, if buddhism and i know it's about self-denial and some deny mary some deny food uh, certainly their fleshly impulses but isn't the desire to become a woman a just giving in to the fleshly impulse no no because uh, even the buddha put in the vinaya uh, that a, a a monastic could change gender up to three times in one lifetime mm -hmm. i think jesus said a man needs to deny himself pick up his cross and follow me again there is some denial uh that is holding the the self in check for its desires to become at a greater okay, spiritual level okay you want a buddhist level. view you want a buddhist view yeah, sure all of this is baloney what, what you what look this like, is? what I look like, deep down, we're all that, oh, that's we're a face. All that oh, okay. piece of God okay. spark. And all of this, all the rules society puts on us, all the human rules, all of it is baloney. This is this is a trumped 
up game and it's it's all baloney hmm. okay let's get to another question then because we've got a bunch of those still in the, in the queue um how come the concept of aliens only came into existence after fiction books were published no 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 um okay maybe in that context um but uh you got to remember until until the 18th or 19th century um a lot of thought was controlled by uh, we'll call it the paper the, the 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 catholic church the papist view and they controlled a lot of thought until the age of enlightenment in the 17 uh, 1700s mm-hmm. and uh so you know being able to share things da vinci shared things in his paintings but they're hidden unless you know mm-hmm. how to look at the painting he was looking at some pretty wild stuff kind of like the da vinci code mystery uh, no 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 he hid things in his paintings and uh, in programs like ancient aliens have de- delved into this um where there there is art that shows that there's there's some pretty wild stuff that has been experienced but um we really probably only had a lot of visitors here uh since 1947 mm-hmm. because we the nukes attracted them See, a lot of people think that our nukes just blew up a lot of desert someplace, okay? Right. Or we, you know, two Japanese cities, whatever. But people, don't, our, our human culture doesn't think in terms of subdimensional relationships. And physics people are only now understanding this stuff. We set off a nuke here. Uh, we have no idea the damage it does to other places, other times, other winds, other, you know, spaces, other dimensions, as they say. Um Many ufologists have said that there appears to be a uh, non-interference pack similar to the one in Star Trek, but yet we just already we've already discussed Cheryl that they've obviously interfered with our with our nukes. Uh, they if they're pissed off because of the way we're, the humans are treating the planet, it seems like they're going to get mad about that. That may call for some kind of alien interference. So it seems to me, and then we got something the changed. Of, well, then we got the alien changed. abduction getting you know, there by I probe. I think we've hit that, you know, that economic, that um, ecological tipping point that people have been talking about for a number of years. Mm-hmm. I think we have either hit it already, or we're so very close to hitting it. And I, I think <clears> what <throat> has happened. This is just my own guess. Um, ET has reached out and really made a nuisance of itself. That we need to get a dialogue going and can't keep blowing off. That there's this other intelligence here visiting us mm-hmm. and uh i think i personally believe that uh, this is the tipping point and, and and they say if you don't probably told our government if you don't tell your culture what's going that we're here we will mm-hmm. and i think that might be what it is mm-hmm. remember our government really probably people were asking me before that pentagon report thing came out and we're going to get more report data coming out believe me but uh the they, they told me, well, uh, the government knows all this stuff. You know, to be honest with you, I lived in D.C. for 30 years. And to be honest with you, I don't think the government knows as much as we think they know. Mm-hmm. Because the government is pretty inept, if you ask me. But <laughs> well, that's just my personal opinion. And there we are in complete agreement, Cheryl. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. But let's just go a little further with this train of thought. Eventually, like you said, we need a dialogue who in this world would qualify to 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 do that? Well, uh, to start with, uh, the politicians would be useless. 
Um, th- to be honest with you, there's a movement among the experiencer community, and there's millions of them. There's a movement. So do you to, think it'd be, be somebody citizen, to be citizen ambassadors? Okay, so it you you'd like to see somebody other than a government official or a United Nations guy, right? You'd want Joe Joe Alien Chaser from Manhattan. To... Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Um, there are people. Uh, there are there are learned people in our culture who are aware of what is going on, and I think some of them might make very very good emissaries. What about for yourself? The interface. What about yourself? Um, yeah, you, you could you could talk to I, the aliens I, about I, the stats, man. Say, look, I know all the stats about you guys. Uh, that's I'm... the other question that came up recently because if we end up having congressional hearings. Linda and I have generated the only statistical stats stats since Project Blue Book in 1968. Mm. So we are the only go-to people for this topic matter. Mm. And uh, I've already been told, you know, this is a strong possibility. And that is the reason we made this book pink. We made that book pink on the idea that if we end up in front of Congress, I wanted those congressmen, when they're leafing through our book, they have to hold up a pink book up there. I really, that, that was our goal. Mm. Is, is Linda your wife? Yes. Okay. All right. Here's a question. It's a little bit political. But she, but so you know, of the two of us, I come from an analysis background. Mm-hmm. And my degree, my computer, my degree is in arts and entertainment. I've got a, a, a bachelor's in creator in um, entertainment writing and production. Uh, Linda's got all the science degrees. She's the real science nerd in the in the family. Mm-hmm. And when we decided to do these books, she held me to a very strict standard As she of should. how very we were good. going to do this. She said, and, and, and she worked at the National Academy of Science. She was the head librarian at the Environmental Protection Agency for 15 years. Smart lady. And she holds a very, very tight rein on how we put this book together. She, she, wouldn't let, she wouldn't let you take it easy. I couldn't go down the woo-woo rabbit hole with it. You know, yeah. we were doing this really, we were kind of a scientific a, study, and by oh, golly, that's what we did. Yeah, that's kind of a protective mode. Has she, has she always been a woman? Oh, God, yes. Oh, God. Okay. Very nice woman. Okay. All right. Um, here's kind of a, looks like a political type of question, but maybe relevant. I don't know. It says, if you were in California, would you vote for Caitlyn Jenner as governor? Okay. That's one vote. Okay. One, okay. I think that's uh, a vote uh, down I, for Caitlyn. I don't care. Okay. I don't care for Caitlyn Jenner, point one. And I have I have about four axes to grind with Caitlyn Jenner, and um, but that that's personal, okay? Yeah. Um, don't don't know her personally, but um, uh, I knew about her situation in 1994. <laughs> you know, uh, because of the I used to be on the um, the internet the board of the International Gender Inter, International um, Foundation for Gender Education. I was one of the founders mm-hmm. back in the uh, back in the 80s. And uh, in fact, the word transgender, the term transgender, I was one of the 11 people who coined that term. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, uh, when I hear about Caitlyn Jenner coming out and all this other stuff, you know, hey, we knew about her. She, she reached out to us back in 1994. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't really sounds what like she's Sounds doing. like you know something sinister about her transition that the rest of us are not privy to. Um, Give us the good, Cheryl. Come on, she man. She could have done it a long time ago, and she should have done it a long time ago. Be- before the Wheaties box? Yeah. Okay. But she was 
trying to protect her career as a, as the Olympic star and all this kind of stuff, you know. And it, mm -hmm. it I think the only reason she finally sooner or later, if if this is driving you, sooner or later you got to come to grips with it. And she finally it, it caught up with her. So, but as far as running for uh, polit running for politics out there, uh, I I wouldn't vote for her. Okay. Aside from politics, though, do you support her transition? Yeah. Yeah, I, and anybody who has the need to transition, fine, I support them. I didn't like her television program, and I don't like her politics. You know. She got a television program? I didn't know. She she had one when she first came out about four or five years ago. It was asinine, excuse the expression. Mm -hmm. did, now, you said you had surgery. Did uh, Caitlyn Jenner have surgery? Yes, extensive surgery. All right, uh, let's get to another question here. We're getting course, sort of toward it. We got about another 10, 15 minutes at the map at the most. Okay. It says, um, do aliens have the ability to get involved in our ascension uh, process? Okay. This is the Buddhist yogi talking. Okay. We oh, are responsible for our own, uh, I'm going to use a Christian term, salvation. We are responsible for our own ascension. We can be guided by other people. We can be guided by other teachings, okay? But we are responsible for our own. Nobody is going to save us. We have to embrace the teachings. We have to embrace, embrace what's right, and we are responsible for getting there, okay? Mm -hmm. And if, if, if Jesus, you know, would say, you know, through me, okay, Alama will tell you that. I will show you the way, but you have to, walk across the bridge you have to do the work and spiritual ascension is about a lot of internal work and unloading all the crap we've carried from lifetime after lifetime mm -hmm. after lifetime well i can tell you what i think most people in the, in the live chat would agree that we're all carrying crap that we're trying to get rid of hey is, is this a sign of ascension is, is this a symbol of oh, that's Spock. That's Spock on Star Trek. Uh, oh. Live long and prosper. Okay, I thought it had something to do with Buddha. All right. Um, in your opinion, Cheryl, did the aliens build the pyramids? I believe there was an ancient culture very advanced here. And what we were seeing in Egypt during the height of Egypt, what we know to be the height of Egypt, um, uh, was actually a culture in decline. I think something, there's a lot of evidence that suggests that something very bad happened here. A comet hit us or something like that about 10 or 12,000 years ago and sort of reset human culture. And they're starting to find skeletons that suggest that modern humans existed 100,000 years ago. And this is starting to support that theory that uh, 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 there was an ancient culture here before what we think of as the modern culture. Mm -hmm. In the writing and simulation of your book, getting the stats, uh, as you call it, the uh, uh, UFO sightings desk reference uh, for a certain period, um, did any trend pop out at you? Uh, yeah, a bunch of them. And the, the key thing was, and I've rattled a lot of people in the, in the what I'm gonna call the research aspect of UFOs with this. Uh, first thing, um, the fact that the hourly pattern was something nobody expected, especially the skeptics always were trying to tell us that UFO sightings were just a lot of random noise and this stuff was just predictable. You could set your clock by it. Uh, the other thing that we noticed was that the, the 33, 34 known UFO shapes, some of them have seasons. 
Yeah, we tracked them over years. We tracked them over months. We tracked them by hours and uh, hours of the day. And uh, there, this stuff was all pretty consistent. And that was that was the eye-opening thing for me when we did the first book. We looked at it and we said, if there was ever any doubt in my mind, the numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. you know. And in this book, they, it's even more solid a case. Mm-hmm. Somebody suggested that we should not confuse aliens with spiritual beings. What do you say to that? Are they spiritual beings? I believe some of the off-worlders are highly ascended spiritual beings. Um, uh, not like, all like of who, the, gra- yeah, the grays one the guy, One researcher told me a number of years ago, back in biblical times, they didn't need to come down in tin cans, did they? Okay. So, yeah, I mean, uh, they're... There's beings at every level of spiritual growth, okay? There's some people out there who've got a lot of high technology, but they might be just as messed well, up as we What would a are. highly advanced spiritual being do on driving around in a metallic spacecraft? Seemed like he just, seemed like he just float on in. I didn't say he, that the ones fly, uh, flying around in a spacecraft are highly advanced, uh, you know, spiritually advanced, you know. But there are some that are much more advanced than we are spiritually. On the other hand, uh, there are some that don't even need a spacecraft to be here. They've ascended in such a way they can, they can be here if they want to be here just by thinking about it. Hmm. Um, Remember, we're all part of the same goddess or God consciousness everywhere, every when. Well, I mean, that, 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 that may be some truth to that. The Bible says that, uh, uh, God created everything and holds everything together by the power of his word. So there seems to be some connectedness there. All right. Vivica says, uh, says Cheryl, have you ever read the Bible and does it ever talk about aliens? Um, I'm not the real expert on that. Um, but if you read Dr. Uh, if you read, um, Eric von Danigan's book, Chariot of the Gods, he makes many references to biblical passages that make suggestions um, to uh, off-worlders coming and visiting our culture. I, I'm not an expert on it. I, I read that when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. How comes how come the concept of aliens oh we're at let's get this one here quick earlier okay i'm sorry that was a repeat question came in um if you're not channeling the holy spirit what spirit are you channeling i've always okay i'm going to use a, a modern uh a, a miss i'm, I'm going to use a mystical term okay there's the greater self which is which is the higher self the higher self that's the great god god consciousness okay there's the talking self that's us that's the god energy incarnate okay and then that little spark that's inside of us that is that god consciousness that permeates time and space and all that stuff um that part that whispers to us is if you want to uh, in in christian term christian judeo terms is the holy spirit and uh, in mystical terms, we look at it as the younger self. And to really be in touch with like the ascension kind of stuff, you have to quiet your talking, chatter mind, uh, Western chatter mind, and listen to the whisper in your younger self. And um, that's what people who do deep meditation do. They quiet themselves till they can connect with all that is. Hmm. Um. 
the all the universe, all the knowledge in the universe, can be touched by quieting yourself to the point where all that is. And you can't do it saying, "Hey, I'm going to meditate for ten minutes today and touch mm -hmm. all that is." Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. It takes it takes a lot of work. And like I said, that's the lot of work that people have to do to mm -hmm. ascend. We have to get past this artificial chattering mind that we have. Yeah, the Bible says be still and know that I am God. So there is something about being exactly, still. exactly. I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, you're in our, and we're constantly being bombarded with messages and uh, people pulling this this way and that way and trying to sell us stuff. And, you know, so it, it's, it's difficult. It really is. Yes, but, it but is. It can be done. Yes. But, you know, our whole culture, if you want the, uh, as they say, the, the, the devil's playground, our whole culture is set up to distract us and keep mm -hmm. us busy. I mean, I mean, how many people look at their phone, uh, you know, 50 times or 100 times or 200 times a day? Uh -huh. I mean, how many people sit there and bow their head to that little, that little false god in our hand? Mm -hmm. Okay? Think of it like that. And we're constantly being distracted, constantly being shown the wrong way. And I have students all the time come to me and say, what's the best thing? I says, give me five to 10 minutes of meditation every day, three, uh, once a day or three times a day, and you'll get there. And oh, but it's too hard. Okay, <laughs> I've had people almost get okay. violent at me when I used to uh, manage one of the monasteries. Uh, people, I, we would make them leave their cell phones in a basket outside of the meditation room. And I had people who were uh, literally hostile, physically hostile at me. So we adapted a rule. Are you uh, a medical practitioner, a doctor like that on call? N yes or no. Okay. Are you an EMT or fire, a firefighting professional on call? Okay. We went through this little list. You know, if you weren't any one of those things, we told you, lock the darn phone up in your car. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, and like I said, some people just got in a car and drove away, you know, uh, they weren't willing to come in. I used to have people come in and you'd sit there, they had their phone with them and they were sitting on a little meditation pill, pillow and they had the phone stuck on their, in the backside of their butt. And, and then the phone would go off, it buzz and they're starting to struggle around over there in their meditation. It's already disrupted everyone oh. else in the room mm -hmm. and they pull it out like they're trying to hatch an egg and pull out this darn <laughs> phone. Okay. Hatch an egg. That's it funny. drove me crazy. Yeah. And so uh, me and the senior monastics, uh, we put a rule down. You can't take this stuff in there. And if you were on call, we set up a separate room for the meditation for the people who were on like an on-call situation and had, I mean, remember we were in, in the Washington DC suburbs. We had people who were literally part of the defense establishment, the white house staff, things like that coming to our temple. So we had to make an accommodation for them. But Generally, the rule to new people studying was if you're going to learn to be quiet and you're going to learn to be close to Buddha or the great consciousness, whatever, you got to turn the darn phone off. Mm. Well, they, they, need, they need to put the phone down and pick up the best spiritual guidebook ever written is known as the Bible. Cheryl Costa, appreciate you coming on the Edge broadcast. Any final thoughts for the audience out there? Well, if you want the book, go to Amazon. Uh, look for Cheryl, uh, go, go to the search for books, spell mm -hmm. Cheryl with a C, Costa with a C, and there's two books up there. There's a white one with that flying saucer on it. That's mm -hmm. the one from 2017, and then the new book, it's pink. It's got the little white font. There it is right there, and uh, that's the book to get. We really, really measured the phenomena. We've got more data in there probably than the government knows about it. <laughs> and, All right. Uh, 
Uh, and we did it for all 50 states right down to the county level. And guess what we're getting ready to do? What's that? We're getting, there was too much material to put in that book. It would have been the size of th uh, three Oxford dictionaries had we put it all in there. Uh, so what we decided to do is we're going to produce uh, 50 individual state books with just the specs for their own state, right down to the zip code that the UFOs have been seen in their area. And then uh, we're going to probably put uh, do the 30, an analysis series just for the 30 shapes. Mm. So there's about 80 books coming over the next year. And um, then Linda and I are walking away from it. Okay, well, get some, get some quiet time. I see a, a quick note. Hey, to we're a couple of old ladies. We got AARP cards, drawing pensions, drawing Social Security. We're going to walk away from it after we produce these books. Just, just, a, just a couple of old ladies walking down the road. Uh, yep. Here's a here's a quick one for you. This is from Joe. He says, thank you, Cheryl. May our creator bless you and show himself to you. Amen. Cheryl Costa, I appreciate you coming on the show tonight. My pleasure. All right. Good evening.